you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, Damashek here. Make sure you check out the new episode of the Dave Damashek Football Program. Dan Helley, Dan Hanzus, and I are getting you ready for training camp. We're talking about the prospects in D.C., Lev Bell, Josh Gordon, and more. Check it out, iTunes or NFL.com slash podcasts. The Around the NFL Podcast can beat your ass in Tecmo Bowl. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. What's up? Hey! Hello! Remember that uh, meetup with, <laughs> with the uh, Around the NFL listeners? Oh, Super yeah. Cool. Delightful time. I re- one of the surprising things from that was people really liked the off-season shows. It was almost like they preferred the off-season shows. And now that we're here, the camp is going, I'm here to say I prefer I prefer now. Well, you would. I like it going. You would, I like, like it. You would like to talk pure football for No, that's for not 60 true, minutes. but I like that there's there's stuff. That's good. That's well, never been in debate. Gets me going. We always knew which, which kind of podcast Greg liked. Well, I, I just wanted to tell everyone okay. else. Gotcha. Tell you guys. <laughs> that's fine. And that's okay, Greg. It doesn't mean you can't like both. It's like you love both your children. You just love one more. All right. Why did you need to go down that? Is that true of you in your family situation? (laughs) Did you guys, in other news, did you guys check out the um, DNC? I've watched a little bit of convention. I've seen some. Last night. Uh, Did you happen to hear how um, former uh, Vermont Senator uh, Dean, Richard, Howard Dean, excuse me, That's never been the most important thing. Uh, Finished his speech. And it's going to be one in Colorado and in Iowa and North Carolina and Michigan and Florida and Pennsylvania. And then we're going to the White House. (laughs) Didn't even didn't do it. Didn't do the Dean scream, which sounds like this, of course. (laughs) Didn't have to. And the whole Internet blew up. And you know why? Mm. Because the Dean scream is back. And you know who brought it back? Thank you. I mean, the rest of us are just sitting here looking at you, watching you. (laughs) He's holding his arms open like touchdown uh, Jesus. You got to admit, though, I brought it back. Nobody was talking about Dean Scream, and uh, it just built it it and built, and now it is real. Just a fair question. You brought it back, but the guy that actually initially did it didn't do it last night. But that that was all part of the the performance. No, every see? the thousands of people watching at one fifteen p.m. or whenever they let Howard Dean speak. What? We're all over it. I, he spoke in prime time. By the one thing about Howard Dean, I mean, I saw a replay. He looks. I I don't like when doctors are massively out of shape and dumpy looking. Because if you're a doctor, <laughs> in theory, you would be on top of your health situation. Mm. Yeah. Like Howard Dean looks better than he did when he initially uttered that scream. He's in, he's Hot aging very well. Hot bod for he sure. He a doctor? True or false? Yeah. Moment, doctor from Vermont. Moment of uh, candidness from Dan here. Yeah. I'll try. The 
Dean Scream was already bubbling up in the zeitgeist six or eight months ago, and you happened to do like a Google search mm. and said, I'm going to ride this wave. True or no. false? <laughs> uh, if you want me to be 100% candid, no. This is all natural. And you know why? Because I don't always hit on what I try to bring back. We remember when I tried to bring, bring back, duh, winning. Didn't work. Didn't work. I tried to bring back, you fired. Well, and, there's some complications with but that. But that one. was, yeah, that got complicated. So I'm going to once again stress, now that I have to move on to the next thing, I'm bringing this back. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> you are the weakest link. Goodbye. You have tried this with us yeah, before, but... and we've already rejected it. Oh, yeah, I feel like I'm having a seizure. We've had this exact <laughs> moment of the podcast three times this summer. You are the weakest link. <laughs> Goodbye. You guys don't understand. Uh, I'm oh, we understand. To the zeitgeist, okay? And this is what's coming next. You'll see. What, did you Google this one too? Nah, you'll see. Keep doubting me. Now, I'll give you credit for the Dean scream. You called that one. And it was that one I don't even think we doubted, really. But the, but the other ones, the duh winning was doubted. It just didn't work. What about? That's a straw, man. We never doubted you. We were, if anything, I enjoy that clip very much. Okay, thanks, buddy. What about Bud Light, I said? No? Definitely not. I don't even know. That was one. that even around the first time? <laughs> uh, I'm really excited for today's show, the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored by no one, uh, loved by millions. Beholden to no one. To nobody. I went on Damashek's podcast on Tuesday. Not only is he sponsored by McDonald's, the fast food, the fading fast food giant, he also he's singing the praises of the rapper that holds the, the hash browns, I believe is what it is, and the hamburgers. And I'm like, man, you're really in the tank for Big Burger. Well, I mean. <laughs> Not us. That's his burden. Yeah. Uh, good show today. Really excited about today's show. Um, we have not done this in a while and maybe it makes sense because, you know, no one, once they do the, the, the hiring in January, uh, for, of the new coaches, everybody is either safe in their gig or brand new with nothing but a, a bright horizon of a tomorrow that is pictured as uh, beautiful and endless. Uh, but the truth of the matter is Irishman, um, this fall and this winter coaches will be on. The hot seat. <laughs> What's with the whimpering? That's a that's a butt being roasted. That's some hot butt. That is uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually just going to stay silent until Greg even checked back into the podcast. He was reading an email and typing. <laughs> While there's whimpering going on in the background. Um, sounds like a regular night at home. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some <laughs> NFL coaches. Whoa. I'm sorry. Weird. What did you say, Greg? Some NFL coaches that will enter the 2016 season on the hot seat or at least have the potential for that to happen if things don't go well. Is everything okay with you? Everything's Greg? good. You're not a manager anymore. Who are you beholden to? Everything's good. I was just uh, remembered something, you know, checking something out. But like a look of horror flashed over your face, <laughs> like when you turn around at like a park and you can't find your son or something. Like what was going on? My son, I know where he is. Okay. Which is that the ch the child you love less, according to your theory? <laughs> They're even, just a bit. Uh, that no one laughs at. All right, <laughs> but before we get to uh, coaches with hot butts. Uh, let's check in with the Irishman behind the glass. What's up, buddy? Nothing much. You know, you, you always say we're sponsored by no one. I want to know your number one choice for a sponsor so we can get working on this. Oh, oh that's we, easy. We've already been over this. Uh, the white whale. Come at us. The great white whale. Dicks. Sporting goods. Come at us, dicks. We'll treat you good, dick. I'll get started on that. Thank you. <laughs> let's do some news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you <laughs> to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! Bad news for the Dallas Cowboys uh, defensive end R Randy Gregory, uh, who has already suspended the first four games of the season, is now enrolling in a treatment program as he faces the prospect of an additional suspension. This according to Rap Sheet. Uh, speaking to reporters Wednesday, Jerry Jones said the team expects Gregory to be suspended, although the Cowboys haven't heard anything yet. And uh, Ian Rappaport uh, reports that this is even a worse situation because Gregory has shut out people in his inner circle, and there are concerns uh, 
uh, Mark Sessler that Randy Gregory has already played his final snap with the Cowboys and maybe in the NFL period. Well, I mean, we've seen similar situations with other players that have, you know, got caught in this web, and it is fair to wonder what the future would be. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys probably have one of the better infrastructures of teams in the league to host these, keep these kind of players, make these risky types of picks. But Why do you say that? Because I think that they have, they've got continuity. They've had the, the same. The owner is the general manager and decision maker. Yeah, there's not going to be a lot of you know nitpicking or infighting over it. There's clearly one or two people that are in the most control. But it, you're, they're, they're paying the price. They have, they've done it a lot. And you know, we don't know if, if, uh, if Jalen Smith will be ready. I mean, well, that's another he, risky player right there for a different right. reason. Not a characterist, but we, no. we basically know he's not going to play this season. And sure, they're set up to not get fired as a general manager because it's his own team, but they are not set up roster-wise. They need players right now in their defensive line. I mean, they're without Gregory. They're without McLean. They're without Lawrence. McLean, McLean and Greg, Gregory might be gone for the season. McLean's 10 games. That's three starters in their front seven suspended. But point being, had, they, had all three of those not you know, emerged as suspension you know, hits, they would be in a better place. But the, these guys are roll-of-the-dice type players. Well, we've been saying for three or four years on this podcast now that the Cowboys, they go for high-risk big names. And what happens when you do that is you lose depth. Because when Reglando McLean's out, who's your middle linebacker? When Randy Gregory's out, who's your pass rusher? When Demarcus Lawrence is out, you got no one. I mean, you can't – instead of building through the draft, they go get these guys and take risks on them. Greg right. Hardy, and they, another example. And they, yeah. they were risky. I think their front seven and their pass rush was a concern before these suspensions. I think Lawrence and Gregory had potential, but you kind of had to see how it was going to all work out. Now the guys competing are a fourth-round pick, Charles Tapper – a guy, David Irving, is a second-year player who was undrafted. Uh, Benson Moyaya, who had knee surgery this offseason and was restricted. I mean, they have guys who just have not played very much. I think they got to bring in Dwight Freeney. And let, well, that's a possibility. It just seems like a Cowboys move. And let's be honest here. Uh, He's it, too good of a guy for the Cowboys. <laughs> all these things breaking against Dallas, all these, all these risks that they've taken. Jerry Jones, the GM, would have been fired for the, a lot of these moves. Well, He's admitted that. I mean – and it's, you know, but if you're a Cowboys fan, there has to be a, a frustration. Uh, and we get now 20-plus years since the last Super Bowl visit that you're they're trying to build something, but is this being done the right way? It, it's got to be frustrating if you're a follower of this team. They have had some good drafts. It, 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 they rebuilt that offensive line into the best in the league, but he would have been fired 15 years ago. I mean, the, the disappointment level for Cowboys fans is a little under the radar. I'm, I'm disappointed because – I want to see Tony Romo playing meaningful games in the next year or two at the end of the season. To me, that's fun. I like Tony Romo. He's in the right division for it. Yeah, but I want to see them meaningful like they have a chance to win the Super Bowl. I would like to see that because to me, that'd be one of the best possible stories out there. Uh, moving on, Rams have cut quarterback Nick Foles after the um, veteran had requested his release. The team announced Wednesday uh, that Foles was going separate ways from from the franchise. NFL media's Mike Garofalo and Rapsheet first reported the news. Uh, this has been known for weeks that, that Foles was going to head out the door. The question was whether the Rams were going to be able to spin something, a trade that would bring somebody back um, for Foles, who, uh, of course, they signed to a big extension, was viewed as the answer and the replacement to Sam Bradford. And very quickly, Chris Wessling, that proved not to be the case at all. When I, yeah, when we heard this news, two two points immediately jumped into my head. Change change happens so quickly in the NFL. Two summers ago, he's coming off one of the highest passer ratings in NFL history and Pro Bowl MVP. Last summer, he gets the contract extension after the big trade, and now he's persona non grata in Los Angeles. And the other point is that when you when you can't find a quarterback like the Eagles and Rams, the two teams involved in this trade, you continue to pour more and more resources into other positions that you need. And they had to give up tons of draft picks to find their rookie quarterbacks, neither of whom might start in week one. Not to mention they had to give up a $6 million roster bonus, which was guaranteed to Foles this March. What a job by his agent. And they decided essentially that he wasn't one of the top three quarterbacks on their team. Because, of course, uh, you know, you have Goff, you have Keenum, and you have Sean Mannion. 
who you should watch out for. It sounds like he might be even in the mix a little bit, Sean Mannion. No, where do you hear that? I'm just saying. He's got sparrows. I know. I'm saying. You got sparrows keep, out there? No, there's no sparrows. I'm saying keep an eye. We, don't know, we don't know how this quarterback battle is going to go, but I think that all plays into wanting to get rid of Nick Foles. I mean, I think part of it is Foles wanted to get out of this situation, and we talked about it on NFL Now. His attitude probably played a big part in whether he was seen you know, favorably compared to Case Keenum. Is there that much difference between Foles and Case Keenum in terms of a long-term planet quarterback? One of them's no. been Pro Bowl MVP and the other has not. Pro Bowl MVP. Well, that's fair. What that does is, that mean? <laughs> well, he got to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> it, is, it is crazy. Pro Bowl MVP and a $27 million contract. Tremendous work by that agent to get that new deal when it really wasn't necessary at the time. $6 million, and he gets the double dip. I know, yeah. Greg, you're an expert with offset language and contracts. <laughs> uh, but he not only does he get that six mil for doing nothing, he now can sign, and he will sign with another team. Uh, there are a lot of teams that will be interested in a veteran with some past experience on the right side of 30. So I think that Foles will be probably have a job in the next week or so, right? Who did you mention, Wes? The Chiefs made some sense. They need a back. But Andy Reid drafted him, and then if you go back and look at a 2013 article written by Dan Hansis. Whoa. Our Bang. Mike Garofolo, who was not with us at the time, reported that Andy Reid was trying to trade for Nick Foles and bring him into Kansas City. I mean, if you're the Falcons, and I understand Kyle Shanahan is in love with Matt Schaub, but do you want Nick Foles or Matt Schaub as your backup? And if you're the Texans, you have Tom Savage and Brandon Whedon. I, Nick Foles is – He's got issues. We get that. But if you're I mean, the Cowboys. It's Kellen Moore right now. After well, they year, drafted someone, but yeah. yeah, in the fourth in the fourth round. To me, that that is a weird move by the Cowboys. By the way, a year after they descended into the the worst sort of football hell because uh, they had no backup. They're rolling with Kellen Moore. It's How strange. about uh, Mike McCagnan picking up the phone and calling Ryan Fitzpatrick's agent, saying, "Hey, if we don't work something out uh, by the end of this week, I'm going to go get this guy." Well, Ian Rappaport before we came up here, said that the Jets are looking to make one final push today for Fitzpatrick. Mm. Uh, another notable release. This one, Greg, I hope you're proud of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> On Monday's show, we talked about... Oh, please. We talked about Greg's predictions for notable names who could be cut this summer. And who was on that list? Uh, Nick Foles of the Rams. Oh, and how about this guy, a potential Hall of Famer, Devin Hester, uh, congratulations, Greg. You've done it. They're both out of work now. What? Devin Hester's run with the there's, Falcons is There's what? no blood on my hand. Okay. Well, sure. Well, you say that. You're an influential. How many Twitter followers do you have? So you're, you're influential, bro. So your theory here is yes. that, that Thomas Dimitrov read the article. thought, oh, well, that's a good idea. So, I guess oh, he was on. Uh, I mean, it's something they had bandied about in their room. And he reads this and said, you know what? This Rosenthal makes some good points. That's exactly. And I can. Yeah, no. I go got a text from Greg. I wish. Whoa. And this was weird. <laughs> you want to share that, though? Isn't that, wasn't that private, though? Well, but it's, I think it would explain Greg's mindset a little bit. Are you comfortable? I've, well, I've been sharing some of Mark's private life uh, <laughs> okay. on the show, so I understand. I know. This came in very late last night. Uh, you know, we had been out for a few beers, so I don't know if he was just kind of riffing, but he said, hey, man, what's up? Dude, I get such a full-body rush <laughs> when my predictions come true on NFL.com. Right now, I'm just floating around my house like a wow. total visionary. I'm basically unstoppable. My predictions are becoming true one after the next on the league's official website. Just going to get in my car and drive around L.A. with the windows down and feel the wind in my hair. Okay, see ya. That sounds a lot like Greg. That's Greg. <laughs> it was that's, a weird text. I don't know. I don't think you should have been driving. That's pure Greg. I feel like that was that was in a Brett Easton Ellis book or something. <laughs> Se second straight time he's texted you with the phrase, what's up, dude? <laughs> that's how we talk. We're on that level, yeah. Wes. I'm sorry you're not. Uh, Devin Hester is turning 34 in November. Um, he spent most of last season on the IR boomerang. Uh, really, Mark, you wrote this post. Not only are we now pushing the IR boomerang, well, do we're you know now capitalizing the B. Oh, well, yeah. we've been doing that for two years. By the way, I, I initially right wrote it with the injured reserve designated. for. It is the clunkiest. Oh, no, I'm with you. I, I love the boomerang. It's just it's jarring to see it capitalized here. Uh, he returned. I know you're an alien to self-promotion about your creation, so <laughs> it would be a weird move for you to you know, you don't get in my headspace. Uh, Can we play Get Your Dan Hansis again there, Brad? Sure, why not? <laughs> Go ahead. Get, get your damn hands. hands. Yeah, one day you could have a song like this, too. Wait, you're taking full credit for IR Boomerang? Oh! I came up with it. I thought I did. Uh-oh. That is total revisionist we history, stumbled Wes. on something great. No. It, oh. Wes, come on. And how about those Instagram accounts? 
We'll go. We'll do the research on this one. Okay. This, this can, is absurd. I wish the listeners could watch the glee uh, in Dan's. Face. Dan loves this. It's it like a kid on Christmas <laughs> clapping his hands very fast together. Ooh, mommy and daddy are fighting. Yes. Anyway, let's give Devin Hester some respect because uh, at his peak, he was one of the most feared return men both in punt and kickoff in the history of the league. Let's face it. Um, and I ask you, Greg Rosenthal, as a, a student of the game, whether Devin Hester, does, if this is indeed the end, and it could be, uh, is Devin Hester a Hall of Famer? I believe he should be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I think it's specialists have a hard time getting in, and I tweeted a little bit about it, and I said he's similar to Vinatieri for me because uh, I think they're the specialists that stand out from this era. And I think Venetarius is safer to get in faster than Hester, just predicting. But I believe he is definitely a Hall of Famer. Well, not just for his peak, but also for longevity. A lot of great kick returners in the history of the NFL have three or four seasons where they average, you know, 17 or 18 yards per punt return with a few TDs or 30 yards for kickoff return. Hester has done it for a decade plus. Moving on. Veteran wide receiver Anquan Bolden is signing with the Detroit Lions. The 35-year-old uh, will reunite with Jim Caldwell, his former offensive coordinator, and uh, give Matt Stafford another option now that Calvin Johnson is out of the picture in Detroit. Wes, you uh, you had an interesting tweet, I thought. Um, you were surprised that Bolden, given where he's, on, where he's at on the odometer, would choose uh, Detroit. Yeah, I've been looking at this situation for months because he's, he's been that big name out there available and you would look at all the contenders' rosters, and none of them needed a wide receiver. So it looks to me like he decided, I'm not going to land on a contender. I'll just take whatever money or opportunity I can get. Because whether Lions fans want to admit it or not, this is not a contending roster. They were not wanting to admit it on Twitter with they you. They were not. They might be a tad delusional. A little bit surprising. You lose one of the greatest wide receivers ever, and you get better. That is you know, some Ewing theory there. But uh, is that the way, the way, the way football works? You don't generally take away one player every year who requires double teams and then get better. Well, Kevin Patra <laughs> agrees with you. Uh, he's one very famous Lions fan with a lot of uh, anger inside of him that uh, <laughs> is against that doesn't believe the Lions are going to be great this year. And I don't I think wide receiver is the last reason they're not. I just don't think it's a great roster overall. The wide receiver position is pretty good overall. Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, Anquan Bolden. If you love fringy number two types, this is the. It's a fine one. They, it is weird to me that Bo they signed Bolden because they have a million of these slot guys: T.J. Jones, Jeremy Curley, who's probably not going to make the team now. Andre Caldwell's on that team. Bolden, just a lot of guys that are very similar. Uh, let's move to the NFC West, where the Seattle Seahawks they extended their general manager John Schneider. Uh, Three days ago, and now they have extended Pete Carroll. His contract will now run through 2019. Uh, this is the same Pete Carroll is now 60, 64 years old. Sneaky old Hall of Fame, by the way, Pete Carroll. When <laughs> they, if they ever erect that building. It's a tricky Hall of Fame because it would always have to be changing because eventually those people would just be old, old, or dead. Well, you go in <laughs> – no, you would go in at this era. be like, oh, in 2016 – it doesn't matter. That's the kind of Hall of Fame that's just going to pack them in. So many people trying oh, to get in to take that, a look at that. That's as, that's as real as the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. Oh, shots fired. Bunsen burner. Well, I mean, all I meant was – I'll have to tell Fabiano you said that. It has nothing to do with Fabiano. All I meant is – Why are you not in that? All I, all I meant was it doesn't physically exist anywhere. It's There's not no like you building. can go somewhere and do it. It's a – it's in. It's of the mind. That reminds like me. Like this sneaky old hall. Actually, I it's also it all political. I'm looking at a text Greg sent me last night. <laughs> he said, hey, dude, what up? Uh, how is Greg brick by brick Rosenthal not in the Fantasy Hall of Fame? And Fabiano Oh, so is. you were really oh, sweating it out last night. Terrible. I, I, my, Later, bro. My character is being unfairly maligned. Oh, boys network. Uh, Carol is in the th heading into the final year of his contract. has been fantastically uh, uh, successful with Seattle. It seems like a long time ago that he was a one-and-done coach under the um, Jets in 1994. Uh, I feel like we let a good one get away. Well, so did the Patriots by, by that theory. Took him a long time, I think, to figure it out. Maybe took the league to catch up. I found it interesting. He's through 2019. Schneider is through 2021. So I think that is a nod 
probably Carroll's choice to his age. Let's let's see where I'm at in a, in a few years. I'm not ready to to sign on. Usually those two guys have had the exact same contracts, the same years tied at the hip. You know, he's probably year might be getting to the age where he's year to year at some point he'd consider walking away. It's, it feels like a total no-brainer move. Uh, but there were whispers last year that Carroll was that there was chatter that Carroll could go and Tom Cable could take over as like a continuity plan and Tom Cable has been very vocal about wanting to be a head coach again. He's one of the quietly one of the best assistants in the league. This might throw that in the blender. Well, it does. We've talked about Riverboat Ron's football epiphany. This is another one. Pete Carroll had his at USC much later in his life, in his 50s. And he, I think he's the most psychologically and philosophically agile coach in the NFL. Mm. He always knows how to cater to his players. They attract free agents. I, I don't know. To me, it's famously really hard for NFL coaches to get into the Hall of Fame. I don't know if guys like Mike Holmgren and Mike Shanahan, who were really good for a long time, are getting in. I kind of think Pete Carroll will get in. Mm. Could have used his second. Oh yeah. Could have used his second title, and maybe he'll still get one. Because you're what they've done. I think is the most impressive accomplishment by any coaching staff of the last ten years. You know, including the Patriots, because they they took it from the ground up. They started their entire system. They had a vision. They did it. I think what's different about Carroll. And Belichick shares this too, is they're just better at developing. You can give them players with a certain sort of trait, and they are going to coach them to be better. So it's not about the talent they get. They're going to make these players better. Uh, finally in the news, uh, a little pup roundup, guys. That's always fun. And we'll start with Jordy Nelson, uh, the Packers wide receiver who missed all of last season with a torn ACL and, you know, 100% we were told and looking great in the spring, uh, but moved to the pup list with a uh, what's described as some type of tendonitis in the other knee, the opposite knee that might have been caused by overexertion. Uh, Wes, you're a smart man. Should Packers fans be worried about this? I'm So far, yes. I've had tendonitis. It's very, very painful. Makes it hard to run. I think you have to be in a wait-and-see mode if you're a Packers fan. It's a reminder he's 31 years old that you can't just – Pencil him in to be the exact same Jordy Nelson that he was when he was last, you know, top five. It's also a reminder that major surgeries often cause injuries, lead to injuries to other parts of the body. Hello, Victor Cruz. Mm -hmm. Hello. Uh, Also. uh, Weird that Victor Cruz just walked in the studio like right then. Hey, man, what's up? (laughs) Uh, Josh Gordon's on the NFI list. As is a keep to that's another that's another reminder that everyone was excited for Gordon to be back. He's got to get into football shape now. He's out for a couple of weeks. He needs that practice time. Hasn't looked at a playbook in like three years. So you know, there's a lot there's a lot to do if you're Josh Gordon. Did we do over under Josh Gordon? Oh, we did games played. I said eight. Yeah. Okay. I feel like Talib. You mentioned Talib, by the way. Uh, that's a sneaky big story. No one's really mentioned the fact that no one has any idea when he can be healthy enough to play, that this was a serious physical problem. Uh, Everyone just kind of wondered, well, is he going to get suspended or or arrested again? But we don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to play. All right. That's what's happening in the news. All right. Let's uh, before we move on and talk about some hot butts. um, (laughs) uh, Brandon, let's unpack this little Debbie situation with Sessler. All right. Now, if you've been following along on Twitter, um, Mark is a big fan of the independent rapper Lil Debbie, who's coming to Los Angeles on Thursday night playing at the Troubadour, very intimate setting. And um, a lot of people, by the way, why do you like Lil Debbie? Because not a lot of people know about her. Let's start there. Not to mention you don't really listen to hip hop at all other than I don't. She just is something about her overall makeup uh, and approach to life and viewpoint that has intrigued me of late. Okay. This was the official song of our trip to Big Bear in 2014. Iconic uh, trip to Big Bear. And and yesterday, Mark was under the uh, impression that he would not be able to attend the Troubadour show of Lil Debbie. He was crestfallen. Chris Wessling actually put it out on Twitter. Uh, crestfallen at Mark Sessler NFL just found out he won't be able to attend at Lil Debbie at the Troubadour Thursday. Lil Debbie plugged in, replies... He's missing out on some sweet ass. <laughs> she now, replied within five minutes. To oh, that, yeah. So. Now, the most, the least um, surprising thing ever, Mark magically found a way to get to the concert after this tweet. <laughs> well, hold on. All right. 
that, you know, I feel like Greg right now when people are reading tweets he never sent in text. What? No, except this is based in complete <laughs> except in fact I the was last in, every day we've been around. I you. was in deep negotiations, you know, about getting there and, you know, I've one of the most understanding uh wives on the planet. That's she's, true. And she's mm. very Simone's great. She allowed me to shift plans around uh to make this happen. And so <laughs> That's where we thought the story ended. Mark went to get the ticket. We're going to find out. Uh, but Mark has been in contact with little Debbie since this. We've since found out. And that's why I want to bring in uh, uh, Frags, uh, Alex Fragola, our downstairs uh, producer for NFL Network. What's up, Frags? What's happening? And you may know Frags from her most famous drop. <laughs> I'm putting a lot of pressure on the Irishman here. Yes, exactly. Uh, Frags, how's it like, first of all, behind the glass watching the show in action? What's it like for you? Uh, I feel like an insider. I just saw Greg dance to hip-hop. Yeah. Well, you put Lil Debbie on. How can you not? Uh, so if you could help me out with a little exercise here, Frags. I was hoping that I'm going to read Mark's tweets to Lil Debbie, and then you could respond as Lil Debbie. Great. <laughs> okay, here we go. Mark's tweet today. Or yesterday, T minus one day, twelve hours and twenty one minutes before Lil Debbie devastates West Hollywood. Lil Debbie, Lil Debbie responds. I hope that was meant in a good way. <laughs> There's two little hearts also. Can't leave those out. <laughs> then I was spinning. I didn't know what to do next. All right, and then that wasn't the end. No. Mark's reply to Lil Debbie, and you can follow her at, at L number one L Debbie. Mark does. And this show, like, his connection to the zeitgeist? Oh, yeah. 100 with three underlines, that emoticon, and then a purple unicorn. <laughs> and what does that mean? Before we throw it back. To I use that emoji all the time. That's you know, accurate. Throughout, you know, to many friends. But I actually went to David Ely to confirm that the Hunt 100 would be responding in a positive way. Yes. I didn't want to, you know, de deepen the, the rift. I like that Ely is like your pop culture wizard. And, and the unicorn represents what? Unsure. I think just mystical. High. You know, I feel like if you want to be cool, it, you know, and find out what the, what the kids are talking about, go to Frags. Don't go to Ely. Well, this was at 6.15 in the morning. There was, right there was nobody here. <laughs> All right. So 100, triple, or double under, underline, uh, purple uh, unicorn, and Lil Debbie responds. That's so me. See you Thursday. Woo! Ooh, hey, now. Two more hearts. Mm. Hubba hubba. We're starting to put together... You know, we're putting together a few things. I want to ask you another question. Will Will Simone be going with you <laughs> to this concert? No. Well, I explained to her that I did not think that she would enjoy it necessarily. We are going to Smart. go to a, a different concert next month, Coldplay together. Right. Which Simone's is the missing out on some sweet ass then. Um, I rest my case. Frags, uh, your thoughts about the exchange in general? Uh, I think it was well played, Mark. Uh, I'm glad that she couldn't see you because you're a little red right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's come some across, natural. You come across much cooler on the internet, like most people do. Well, you're probably you're right. You're there's some that. natural chemistry between Mark and Little Debbie, wouldn't you say? I think so. I think so. I think As someone a... who's spoken for her for all of 20 seconds, I think she's really <laughs> into you. As far as I can see, we have vastly different worldviews, but you know, you never know. Uh, Frags, thank you very much. You're very I know it's very busy downstairs. Uh, as training camp kicks off. But Frags is one of our great, um, you know, voice correspondents. Anything for ATN. Can we get a, a live La Raville Magnifico? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, give it to us. La Raville Magnifico. Yeah. It's very Frags is busy. This is their Super yeah. Bowl inside training camp live <laughs> every day for the next two weeks on NFL Network. No, I thought you meant being up in the studio was her Super Bowl. Oh, well, that's and she And Frags has not seen a dime from us, by the way. Well, not we're not yet, sponsored. Anyway. We right. don't have any dimes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you very much, Frags. And uh, Mark, thank you for being a good sport as always. Enjoyed it. And have fun. And I'm sure you can give us a report on how yeah. it goes. No, I will not <laughs> share any details with you. <laughs> all right. Let's talk some hot butts. <laughs> this is what goes on at Greg's house? <laughs> this is uncomfortable. Well, it's a hot you butt. Think? Grown man whimpering. <laughs> All right, so the point. I, I could have, like, PTSD after listening to this. <laughs> the point. 
dramatic. The point of this game, this exercise, is to connect that that burning, moaning man's butt with a face. Um, attach it, basically. And so let's go around the horn. Do you know what you should tell that whimpering man? What? They can fire you, but they can't eat you. Yeah. Who, who said that? that was Chuck Pagano. Great line. And it saved his job, I think. He manned up. He had no fear. Uh, let me. G I'll get it started because I know this one is on – Everybody kind of is on the same page. I'm not breaking ground, but I think it's important to throw him out there. Rex Ryan's butt is searing as we open the 2016 season. I heard from a very good source um, at the Super Bowl, a boozy night at the hotel bar, that Rex Ryan was pretty much done, that it was all over for Rex last season, that they were ready to do a one-and-done with Rex, and he basically uh, wiggled out of that, survived, um, I don't know if it's, you know, how the, they ended the season with a win over the Jets or whether there was a, a you know, come-to-Jesus meeting. But Rex was able to get that second year. Um, but as as we've talked about in this podcast, it's hard for me anyway to imagine them now leveraging that. I think the defense will be better, but I think they will still be a team that's kind of hovering around 500. And I don't think that's going to be good enough. I think that they expected more. So I think Rex entering the season – I'm not predicting – we shouldn't predict whether the season's not going to work out, so I'm not saying that, actually. But I just want to say he has a ton of pressure on him to make this season count because he's not coming back off another 8-8. Eight and eight. Well, and the difference between him and other coaches we might talk about is that the Rex Ryan experience only creates more of that pressure. I mean, there's too many Rex moments that I think you have to say, unless he's taking you to the playoffs, is the rest of the Rex Ryan – you know, caravan worth it. Well, I think they can be a playoff team. They certainly have a potent the potential to do that. But you always worry about teams like the Bills, the Browns are another one, which keep rotating coaches and GMs and and things aren't aligned and in this case owners too. So the owner the new owners didn't hire um the GM who is in charge of hiring the coach who hired Rex. And, yes, they gave him an extension too, but it, it isn't necessarily a long one. So when that's the case, it's just in instability, and they might look for their own guys. I feel like the implosion factor is pretty high in Buffalo. I mean, they you're right. Their ceiling is playoffs, but sure. their floor is worst record in the AFC. They have an in-house guy. Wow. I don't think. A lot could go wrong. Well, it could team. be three and I mean, twelve if everything just melts. You have the zoo factor with with Rex, the big top circus factor too with him, where things could just fall apart. I'm gonna give Rex the respect that I I think he'll turn that. I think the defense is gonna be better. I still think he's a good defensive coach, and there's enough talent there that they should be better. Well, there was a revolt last season. I mean, it, there can be nothing you know getting close to that. It has to be full buy-in. And one thing you got to watch out here: tough division too, by the way. Like I said, I think the rope is short. They don't have a great schedule to open the season. At Ravens, that's not going to be an easy game for them. Home to Jets, that's always going to be a close battle. Home to Cardinals will be tough. And then at Patriots, that's the last game without Tom Brady for New England. But I'm, I still imagine that they are going to be a tough team to beat. You want to get through that 2-2. Two two. If, you yeah, if you're 1-3 or, God forbid, 0-4, then you're talking who else is on that staff that could come in sometime in November uh, if they really uh, decide they need to make a change. Uh, all right, Mark, you're up. I'm going to go Mike McCoy with the Chargers. Uh, yeah, I really Mike McCoy, two nine and seven seasons to start his career in San Diego, and a very disturbing sound clip. Uh, but last year, four and twelve, and you're at the end of the Philip Rivers, you know, career arc. Are we going to play this throughout the entire? Season? Yeah, we could just do right. a little like a touch. Hey, football's back, <laughs> guys. <laughs> Here's a moaning man, and talk about people Look. losing their jobs. Look. Greg's getting all touchy again. He's like, oh, no, that's too that's too fun. Let's keep it more football based. <laughs> and that's not – All of a sudden, Greg's it. worried about people losing their jobs. Yeah, right. <laughs> the guy that's anchoring it all. I, I think McCoy is the complete opposite of Rex Ryan in terms of he's never he's never creating personality issues with the problem. But I think that that team – the Chargers can make the playoffs this season, and I don't think it would surprise anyone in this room. There's a lot to like. They've got talent – and he cannot deliver another season like last year. It would be his fourth year in the NFL, and I think that's if you're a team that is looking for that if that big coach becomes available, maybe San Diego makes a move. I like this Chargers team. They, yeah. they, they do have the Los Angeles factor hanging it's over hanging their over. heads. It's kind of fallen off of the front page there. but It's like m the plot for Major League. There could be a rallying cry. Wasn't Only one thing year. left to wasn't do. wasn't last year for any of those teams. Win the whole thing. 
And that we did. We did. Tom Berenger. Rivers is Rivers is the AFC uh, Romo. How great a Super Bowl would that be? Rivers, Romo. You love one Tony Romo. It's get one of them I, wins. I love Romo too, but you're, the last this week, I feel like you've really been especially well, enamored I've, by. I him. sort of see the end of the line here. I'm a little worried with the back injury. That it, how long? How long is he going to be around? He's got ultra talented offense. So. I mean, we're at that period too, where we've had back to back aging quarterbacks win Super Bowls, and so we're going to get another Big Ben one. We're going to get another Philip one Philip Rivers one. Wes, your turn. Uh, Jim Caldwell in Detroit. I think. He oh yeah. I know Lions fans think they have a they got a real banger of a team up there in Detroit this year. But <laughs> let me tell you what I see: an offensive line that was among the league's worst last year and might or may not be better. Generally, first round starters at at uh, left tackle do not do that well. Uh, wide receiver core where you got three fringy number two types masquerading as number ones. Dude, you're suddenly taking shots at Golden Tate, one of your he's favorite. Not a number players. one receiver. He's he's a good receiver. What defines you're not, a number you're one not, receiver? Yeah, you're not worried about you Golden. Like me to define? You're you're pumped yeah. that you have Golden Tate on your team, and is he in the top twenty receivers in the league? Absolutely. So that's a number one receiver. You have to command double teams that type of situation. You command and beat double teams. You come up with the ball on third downs, and you're a weapon in the red zone. But how many how many of those are there? Like ten? Right. No big deal. Twenty other teams they'll have him, including the two best teams in the league, the Patriots and the Seahawks. That'd be great if they had everything else working for them right. on offense. But okay. they have anyone who tells you they know who Matt Stafford is as a quarterback is a liar, a bold-faced liar. Nobody knows who this guy is. He he is outside of Sam Bradford, for the most inconsistent quarterback and the biggest enigma in the NFL. Plus that is who he is. That's what I'm saying, but we don't know who that is. Their running back is coming off shoulder surgery. I I don't see anything to like on offense really. In defense, you've got some question marks. And some, you've got Ziggy Ansah, Darius Slay, DeAndre Levy, a good player at all three levels, and then a bunch of question marks behind them. So I mean, Caldwell's I lucky think, to be here this season. I think you're looking at a roster that has very few difference makers and even fewer. Mm. I mean, you've got a couple more above-average starters, but not many above-average starters. But then you're saying that the front office is going to use Caldwell as the scapegoat with this. You're saying there's not a lot there. Then the if if the team understands that, then maybe the bar isn't that high, and he doesn't have to win too many games. To but I don't think job. that's the way it works. You have to win games. Well, it's the yeah. same thing with the new management. You got Bob Quinn there. He might not. He, he kept Caldwell. It kind of reminds me. This happens a lot where you keep the guy for one year, and then you then you want your own guy. Uh, Greg, I'm gonna go with Gus Bradley. I think it's just obvious that the Jaguars have essentially said in a statement to end last season that they need to be a winning team, that they need to be an eight, nine win team. They need to see progress, period. And I think all of the money that they've spent, all the excitement, all the talent that they have, have understandably raised expectations. So he's just, he, he knows it. Of all these coaches, he, he must know it as much as anyone that he's got to win this year. This is his year. Well, their ill-conceived dalliance with Greg Hardy tells you the exact same thing. That there's the pressure's on to win now. Well, and the GM said that we we're looking at these players and this these kind of moves because there's no more excuses. There's no more time. And I think they I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. I'm excited. And to their credit, I think they've had this plan all along. We heard from Caldwell and the cons back in 2012, 2013. They were not patient with Mike Malarkey. Once they made that change, they said we are going to be patient. We are going to give them. X amount of years. We're not going to worry till they're in their third, third, fourth year. Here we are. Now we've reached that. Point. Let's say they go eight and eight, but it's the kind of eight and eight season where you really, by the end of the year, see things, everything gelling. No, I stick think around. Be, I think it'd be good. Yeah, I think that'd be fine. Show, show progress. I'll throw out another name, Jason Garrett, and I know that he he is, and again, the product of the GM being the owner with Jerry Jones, and he is a big fan of Jason Garrett. But after last year being a down year, and if you look at Garrett's been there forever now. How long has he been the coach there? We're going back five and a half. That's just a guess. Well, they he talk about him. Wade Phillips five and a half years ago. That sounds about right. Maybe this is his fifth full season. But, you know, I think that at a certain point, even Jerry Jones, who's had endless confidence in Jason Garrett, is going to need results. Jason Garrett and Jer Jerry Jones is not getting any younger. He believes, you know, Jerry Jones believes this team uh, is a playoff-worthy team. And, go ahead. Six and a half. Six and a half. And wow. And this team, if they do not make the playoffs, that will be – he's only gone to the playoffs once. 
right? That they went 12 and four two years ago, uh, got bounced out in the playoffs. I think if they don't make the playoffs this year, barring another Romo injury, which you can't rule out, that you know blows up the whole season. I think if they have a, a healthy complement of players and they don't uh, and they underperform, I think Garrett finally uh, pays the bill. The, a couple things that I think make that tough. I think if if Sean Payton had found himself out of work, that would have put Garrett into a tough spot. There's clearly love for Sean Payton from Jerry Jones, but Jerry Jones has talked multiple times about the fact that they've put 20 years of work into Garrett. That he going back to when he was. Troy Aikman's backup, that the relationship there is very strong, and he's already got three defensive players out for a big chunk of the season. He's got a built-in excuse, and yeah, I agree. They can't just keep going 7-9 and nine and 8-8 eight and eight or what they did last year, but I, Garrett's one I think would stick around. Built-in excuse, but a division everyone knows is up for the taking, and, and before these suspensions, I think they would have been the consensus pick to win this division, and I still expect plenty of people will, will be picking them. Doesn't someone, though, if you're, if you're the Cowboys, there needs to become a name that, that is available at a certain time that make that's going to be you know is going to be better than Jason Garrett? Maybe they give John Gruden all the money in the world. Something. I, like I think that. if you're Jerry Jones, it can't be for like a low-octane name. It's going to have to be something that everyone says, this makes sense. Bring back Chan Gailey. <laughs> That's not what, what we're referring to. <laughs> to be of any Dave Campo. I mean, John Gruden hasn't been in the league in, what, six, seven or eight years now? It's been a while. He might not be able to coach anymore. He yeah. seems to be happy, too, where he is, but you never know. Uh, anybody else have one? Because I'll throw one more out there. Go for it. Do it. Now. This might be dismissed out of hand in some circles, but is Marvin Lewis facing any pressure no. now in year 47 as Bengals coach coming off an absolute crushing playoff loss, the fifth year in a row uh, that they've lost in the first round and where he didn't have a good grip on the team the way it ended was ugly. Could Marvin Lewis, if they have a down year in a very good division, finally bite the bullet in Cincinnati? <laughs> Wes. That would you don't be, like that, that bite, turn of phrase? Bite the bullet just feels harsh. That would be among the most surprising things that would happen in, in the NFL since I've been following it, if that happened. What? Here are the coaches who have more job security <laughs> than Marvin Lewis. <laughs> a little bit of hyperbole there. Perhaps. I'm not kidding. Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, maybe Bruce Arians, maybe Ron Rivera. That's it. That's the list. Marvin Lewis is one of the guys running that front office right now. They have a collective there, but Marvin Lewis and his coaching staff make most of the – personnel decisions and I think if you look back at history is instructive here when you let Dave Shula hang on for three or four extra years of going 0 and 8 to start every year and Bruce Coslett and Dick LeBeau go 0 and 8 and 0 and 8 and 0 and 8 it's because Mike Brown is among the most loyal people in the NFL mm -hmm. and doesn't like throwing good money after bad doesn't like change doesn't like any of that I think Marvin Lewis is there for as long as he wants to. Be. I mean, the team would have to absolutely crumble this season beyond any – it would have to be on Marvin Lewis's hands. It's bad timing if they're going to replace him. They let Mike Zimmer and Hugh Jackson walk out the door and Jay, Jay Gruden, Gruden as well. The loyalty is obviously there, but the bottom line of this, and it's a results-oriented business, if they do not either not make the playoffs or not win a playoff game, Marvin Lewis, and I know Solly Wilcox said that he raised the Titanic – that would be 14 straight years without a playoff. Doesn't win. matter. And that, at certain points, someone has to open their eyes and be like, "It matters to." Do we need to change things up here? It matters to fans and onlookers. It doesn't matter to Mike Brown. Well, and but I think he's he's been proven right. He almost fired Marvin Lewis five years ago before Marvin Lewis had a power play essentially, and he's been proven right because they've gotten better since then. It's a great roster. I think the best chance they have to win a Super Bowl has been to keep Marvin Lewis. But I, I don't think it's crazy, Dan, that you put this on the list because I, I agree with you. If they didn't make the playoffs, I think Mike Brown, he, he was quoted this week, I'd like to hold the Lombardi Trophy. I don't know how many chances I have left. That is that is a man, I think, that 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 is feeling the pressure of time and f seeing with this group, with this team, I want to see it. I think you could see Marvin Lewis potentially retiring. Yes, I, you would see that before he, he is fired. And by the way, I see you, Mike Malarkey. We didn't talk about you. you kept <laughs> that has got to be a shock that he did not you kept get your involved. job, but that is an <laughs> uncertain ownership situation. They're still figuring out what's going on in that building. This might have just been a placeholder situation. you got to show something, Mikey. I hope he does well. I'm just saying. I know you do. I don't want to not mention him and then everyone think, oh, the ATN guys think Mike Malarkey is <laughs> – 
healthy as an ox. <laughs> and his butt's not hot because that butt is warming up. Actually, I got some tape of Mike Malarkey. Listen up. <laughs> Listen to this. This is Mike Malarkey, head coach of the Tennessee Titans. That's him. Just like Alden Smith, you cannot <laughs> confuse it. That was Alden Smith on his his uh, periscope. This is Mike Malarkey's voice. There's there's some people that have walked into our podcast studio that we're not familiar with, and I'm just wondering what they are thinking right now if they can hear. Oh, what's, it's Roger Goodell. What's going on? <laughs> Mike <laughs> Malarkey about what? They're like, what is happening in there? Mike Malarkey about six five two fifty and would pound Dan Hans. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. you know what? <laughs> He's one of those coaches that look. He keeps himself in shape. Now my butt's hot. He's going to go exotic <laughs> smash mouth on Dan's face. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, that's it for today's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We will be back on Thursday. Yes, three shows this week. We're back. We're in full swing. Uh, so make sure uh, you uh, check us out. Uh, Irishman, um, let's get going. Until Thursday, this is Dan Hansa signing off for... The Quiet Storm, <laughs> the mailman, the boss, and the Irishman behind the glass. Till Thursday. You guys ready? Uh, yeah. Right. I think we are, bro. Hey, uh, buy the guy at dinner first. Oh, Mr. Brandon. Oh. 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 oh, I'm actually out four sandwiches here. So. Wow. Ah. Good comeback. That was good. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a good point. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug right, needed. Let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> you can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Oh, oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.